Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Keenan Bonner, Sean Sheet and Jack Harper. It's the first episode of 2021, the first matchup of our action bracket since November, and it's a great one to start us off. We've got 2006's 300 versus 2008's Taken. How's everyone doing? Yeah, good mate. Yeah. Very well. Very well. Not bad, I mean. Grafting, so... <laughs> Lucky I'm here, really. But... Genuine, genuinely, it's such a lie, isn't it? It's, it's not a lie. It's amazing that you just think that just just working, just being in work means you're grafting. I actually think that's true. I think because he gets to the office a bit early because he gets a lift off his old beer he thinks he's putting in graft. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's literally what it means. <laughs> Byron's the type of person that after he watches all his sport at 4am, he'll tweet, like, going to get this bread, and then go back and... <laughs> yeah, and, like, no no days off, no rest for the wicked, and all yeah. that shit. Yeah. Oh. I don't think I've ever said anything along those lines. <laughs> but if we want to dig into a Twitter's, Jack, should we start with <laughs> yours? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but what's going on in the world at the moment, I don't think it's wise. <laughs> well, so, 300 we'll start with the highest seed in this equation, and the earlier films. So, Gerard Butler and Leonidas. So, synopsis here. King Leonidas of Sparta and a force of 300 men fight the Persians at Thermopylae in 480 BC. We've got some we've got some big critics' reviews to start us off. I think it's the most critics' reviews I've ever assembled, so okay. bear with me. Stylized violence at its finest. 300 isn't up to the same level as Sin City, but it is still quite entertaining. Fans of blood, gore and comic book violence won't be disappointed. By no means great art, but it is most certainly fantastic trash. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know we could have named the podcast that? (laughs) Fantastic trash. Love it. A highly stylized fantasy. Its colour palette both lush and gloomy. Leonidas is inspiring and practical, and as usual when Butler's playing someone who isn't from Scotland, 50% Scottish. <laughs> Hedy is terrific. Put her in charge of the ancient world right now. Ah, she got Game of Thrones, didn't she? Yep. Hmm? If you're in the mood for dumb, rousing, visceral entertainment, you're not going to find anything on the big screen right now to rival it. There is an intelligent movie to be made about Spartan warrior culture, but 300 is not it. It's a fun ride, though, as long as you don't see it on a full stomach. Really? I don't think it's that bad. I, I think it's, like, desensitised us to it, because I remember watching it the first time watching it and thinking, shit, this is bad, this is gory, but films now, they just push the boat out so far that that's kind of like, that's an easy Sunday afternoon watch now. I'm pretty sure the first time I saw this was on the coach back from either Leo or Coblenz with school. That, that would give out because I remember watching Superbad for the first time on the way back from Comblenz <laughs> on my iPod Mini on that little screen. Do you miss them? Uh, 
so manly it makes Troy look like a Mary Kate and Ashley adventure. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does shit all over Troy, to be fair. And I think probably the, the best way Oof. to compare it. I'm not sure about that. No, I'm not sure about that either. From a, I think I can agree with an action, the action and yeah, the action per quality. minute. Yeah, it's, it's like the water, but yeah, that, that's only, what all I, I say is there's only one of them in the bracket, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, that's true. But that's what I meant. It's more kind of action per minute. This is just non-stop. Whereas Troy yeah. has its lulls. That's what you get when you put Eric Banner and Brad Pitt in there. Don't care about my Claude Orlando. Yeah, he's a bit of a bitch in that though. <laughs> <laughs> Despite a cracking central premise and outstanding visuals, 300 ultimately leaves you feeling more gutted than some of the disemboweled soldiers on display throughout the movie. 300 has one-dimensional caricatures who talk like professional wrestlers plugging their next feud. (laughs) Um, Zack Snyder's film version of the graphic novel by Frank Miller and Lynn Varley may look like the greatest music video ever made, whether or not it's a decent feature film is another question altogether. They love comparing a film that isn't all dialogue to essentially just being a music video. Yeah, I know. Shite, isn't it? The only one it was really valid with was Project X. <laughs> yeah, because the best scene in it is basically just a, is just yeah. a fucking six-minute <laughs> music video. This is death and war as ancient poets might have imagined it. Glorious and provocative. 300 is a powerhouse action movie. All this bellowing and testosterone gets old fast, especially since there's not much of a plot outside of the combat scenes, and the not much of a plot scenes are laid with dialogue worthy of Anakin and Padme. See, I, I believe that a lot of these, if they're given this kind of review for 300, they shouldn't watch the sequel for 300. Because <laughs> that is probably one of the worst films I've ever watched. Wow. <laughs> The disrespect. Oh, I've heard good th- I've never seen it, but I've heard good You're things. You're Green in that. There's not yeah. um It's all out of cinema. Um <laughs> three hundred is an orgy of gore, bloodletting on a titanic scale, a ballet of butchery in which half naked men and the torrents of blood they elicit move in perfect slow motion choreography to a thunderous soundtrack. And I loved every minute of it. A typical stupid action movie with an extra dollop of stupid on the side. What a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Couple left. Um, This is a flick for guys, so grab a few beers, pull up a chair and have a blast. The Spartan soldiers, carrying shields like dustbin lids and spears like park railings, have shiny rippling bodies, wear black leather speedos and short red cloaks and seem to be responding to an invitation to a fancy dress party at a gay New York club. To, to be fair, it's actually known that Spartans were um, encouraged to have homosexual relations with each other to You've taken some of my trivia there. Oh, no. <laughs> um, 300 is an impressive spectacle, but after so much fighting and self-importance speechifying, I just wanted them to get it over with and die. <laughs> <laughs> Greek myth meets Looney Tunes is kind of a masterpiece. <laughs> I like a that. A film that's full of violence and testosterone and fills in the story holes with gorgeous slaughter. I don't understand the complaints. It's literally what the trailers promised. The testosterone thing has been mentioned like four times, right? <laughs> yeah. Gen- genuinely, not not to sound sexist, um, <clears throat> action films for as long as they've existed, whenever you want to argue about when it started, probably Steve McQueen and stuff outside the Western. 
genuine, generally a male-dominated field, you would say. Yeah. But what else? What else do you fucking expect? <laughs> like honestly, just I don't. That, I feel like you, that one. Then they've literally said like what we expected, which is what no, we spent it, half of our podcast saying. No, I know I get it, but they they aren't criticising it. But like just oh the testosterone is. I mean, ultimately, I mean yeah, his missus is involved, but the major story arc is about three hundred men. Yeah. I, I, I agree as well. It's kind of like you don't hear the critics say that about films like The Notebook, like an estrogen fueled love story. <laughs> like, like where's no. The no, it's fair. No, it's fair. And I'm not saying it's a criticism toward sort of women, but in just as a genre in general, because it is so male dominated, well, it's just bound to be a part of it. It just seems. Yeah. You're, you're just saying it, it. It's almost like a pretentious part of each review. It's no, just. It, they're just saying it to say it. it doesn't actually add anything to your opinion or to your thoughts on the film. That's why I think we should bring it in. I think like next time there's a chick flick that comes out, which is an estrogen fueled orgy Gen- of crying or something like that. Genuinely, Jack, I pitched the ideas of rom coms at Byron. <laughs> we did a pod. Of, we did a pod of bridesmaids. We did, and I I've pitched the ideas of rom com at you more than once. <laughs> to half half of it was spent complaining about the runtime. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> it, would, it would be interesting. <laughs> and the other half was about Wilson Phillips. <laughs> it would be interesting to see if we did like a chick flick spin off and see what our reviews were of all of the films. <laughs> but it means you actually have to sit down and watch all of them. So Mate, yeah, I've 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 got a minimum. I reckon I can fill that. I can fill ten of the bracket quite quickly. I reckon I've got, Devil Prada, I can I can get on board with that. I've got two left. You don't go to Hooters for the chicken wings, no matter what you might tell your wife, and you're not going to 300 for the plot nuances. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, in movie school, they say there's one rule in this business, never compare anything to Hitler. But it isn't a stretch to imagine Adolf's boys at a 300 screening, high-fiving each other throughout and then lining up to see it again. I don't understand. <laughs> Genuinely, that, I, I don't understand what I don't understand what that's supposed to mean. Is 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 that because of the Goebbels cinema thing where you just basically reenact all the battles and they just watch it constantly as propaganda? I just enjoyed high or five in. <laughs> no, that's fine. Are the Persians are the Persians supposed to be the Nazis? The genocide? Who knows? I, I genuinely are. If someone can tell me. Please do, because I'm genuinely just I've just confused. got this image of my head of like, them reinventing the high five as the high five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got trivia, as always, button, whenever. So, the line, come back with your shield or on it, was a common phrase by Spartan women to their sons and husbands. Soldiers would drop their heavy shields when they ran, and their wives would rather they came home dead than a coward. Dead soldiers were carried home on their shields. When the when the Persians demand that the Spartans surrender their weapons, he replies, "Come and get them." According to ancient historians Herodotus, Leonidas actually said that, and it was also adopted as the motto of the Greek army's first corps. Hmm. Yeah, the, I've heard that as well. The script demanded that most of the male cast spend the majority of their screen time bare-chested, as per Frank Miller's original graphic novel. So to adequately present themselves as the most well-trained and martial fighting force of the time, the entire principal cast underwent a rigorous eight-week training regime organised by Mark Twight, a world record holder in professional mountain climbing. The actors never repeated the same exercise twice, preventing the body from adapting to any one type of exertion. 
Gerald no. Butler said the most difficult thing he's ever had to do in his life. When it was over, Twice admitted that he pushed the actors as hard as he's ever pushed anyone before, including himself. Mm. We had them complaining that Keenan about having to do the dodgeball training before before, <laughs> before yeah. doing that. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, not for me. Not for me, though. Ben Stiller was pinging his wife in the face and her nosebleed. <laughs> um, the film's unique look was created in post-production using an effect nicknamed The Crush. As producer Jeffrey Silver explains on the film's official website, you crush the black content of the image and enhance the colour saturation to change the contrast ratio of the film. What did you think of the kind of filter that's applied to the entire thing? I, I quite like it. Yeah. Only because it's based on a graphic novel and it works and it almost gives it that. Or, or obviously gives it as much as that feel as it can. Yeah. And it also gives you something to immediately associate with 300. If you see that in any other film, that is, oh, it's not 300. Mm. When I told Keenan in the week, uh, this might surprise uh, Jack and Sean, did you know that this was Michael Fassbender's feature film debut? No way. It spun me out when I saw it, so. Did not know? Yeah. 2006, he was late in the game. Warner Brothers originally pushed Zack Snyder to direct, to direct this film with a PG-13 rating as the goal. Snyder refused, and ultimately the studio agreed to make it an R-rated movie. Thank God. So it could have been completely different to what he wanted. Ties in quite nicely, actually. Sorry. That's what we justice. Ties in quite nicely to the other film that we'll be talking about, because that's what they did with Taken 3, wasn't it? Yeah. They just just dropped it down to to like a PG-13, and it was shit. With um, Zack Snyder, though, this seems complete opposite with Justice League, where he must have just buckled to everything the studio said and then complained afterwards. Maybe the money for Justice League was too much. But it... It's it's ridiculous now. Like he's trying to push forward that like five hour final cut. Mm. People are going to. I'm sure some people will sit and watch five hours of that. But if it's anything like the film was that came out, that'd be the longest five hours of your life. Two of the only films I've ever fallen asleep in the cinema for were <laughs> DC films, and one of them was Wonder Woman, and the other one was Batman vs Superman, which I drifted oh. off very briefly. Never seen either of them, to be fair. Batman vs Superman is maybe the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear good things, which is why I just didn't go and see it. Great that I've now got a tribute to the best ever Batman film on my desk at work with a uh, Mr. Freeze Funko. Mm, yes, I did see when you sent me a photo, and um, I would have rather of them have put the Funko in the film than Arnold. <laughs> Only two gallons of fake blood was used, and the rest was added in post production. Tim Connolly, who plays Leonidas' father, was also Gerard Butler's stunt double, so he was learning his keep there. Um, this was the highest grossing R-rated comic book film ever made until the release of Deadpool ten years later, which was the last movie probably did, maybe? Or yeah, last yeah. Action one. Deadpool John Wick. Yeah. Director Zack Snyder's son plays young Leonidas in the child fight training scene forcing his child out there to get battered around a bit. Some weapons used in the film are actually weapons from previous war epics like Alexander and Troy, and they were recycled to cut costs. So there's a bit of Troy in 300. Jack uh, took a bit of the thunder here, but King Leonidas derides the Athenians as boy lovers. 
it was in fact the Spartan army that was erroneously thought to encourage homosexual relationships among soldiers due to the fact that a Spartan male would live with his fellow soldiers until about 30 years old. Similar lines used about an Athenian in Spartans in their 300 Rise of an Empire. So, there you go. Yep, great film. (laughs) But, I was going to say like, yeah, messy, which is not not the word I meant, but they're living together that much, all getting together in their little army. I'm not sure how that ends well. Well, I mean, we've seen the plot of the film, they don't end well, does it? If they have fallout. Well, I mean, Spartans in general. I know. At the time, this had the 24th biggest box office opening in history. Don't know the others, so if you were going to ask that. I'm not going to make you do a list of 23, <laughs> mate, don't panic. According to an interview with IGN, director Zack Snyder says that the fighting styles of formations were purposefully changed, making them historically inaccurate so they'd look cool and work better for movie purposes. I don't know why anyone tuned into this from what they had seen and thought this was going to be historically accurate. <laughs> well, I, I didn't go into this for a history lesson. No, no, sir. You, you, I mean, surely you would have seen a trailer and be like, yeah, no. Nah, and I imagine if you'd read the graphic novel, you'd then be more annoyed if it, if they had, it was yeah. historically accurate. Yeah, and they'd slowed it down. Suddenly it was was an epic and it was quite boring. No, it's probably fair. Um, I think um, when they advertised it, I can't remember, it's gone back a long time ago, hasn't it? But I'm sure they advertised it on the basis of, because I knew when it was coming out, I knew that it was Frank Miller who had wrote, I'd never read it, but I knew it was Frank Miller who yeah. wrote 300, and I knew what, and I'd seen Sin City, and I'd read, I'd read Sin City, so even in my head, you like, yeah, it's probably going to be, it'd be in and around it, wouldn't it? Um, the body count in this film, 585 people are killed, so... Mm. I don't think we need to ask the question when we get to it about this or Taken. No. The funny thing is, Taken's actually got quite a high count as well. Not compared to this. <laughs> um, supposedly in real life, Leonidas' last words were, tonight we shall, we shall dine with Hades, mm. rather than tonight we shall dine in hell. Mm. This was changed because the studio didn't think enough people would know who Hades was, which is... <laughs> Quite rough. <laughs> hey, come on. People would have seen Hercules, wouldn't they? Yeah, you'd hope so. And you'd hope that people have just heard <laughs> of Hades before anyway. No, I know, but... It's funny about how many people have never heard of Cerberus before until recently. Mm. Fair. I don't, I, mean, I don't really remember doing a lot of Greek mythology at school, though. We'll, we'll go through some bits of the plot. I've just got some random thoughts I wrote down um, while watching 300. You've obviously got the, the turn at the end um, in the council where Theron tries uh, kind of overthrowing it and uh, taking over. Why has he got a giant bag of coins on his waist with <laughs> Xerxes' face on them? <laughs> I thought, like, you're going to walk into their Senate meeting and one swift kind of frisk would have revealed all of these traitorous coins. Literally like the least sneaky thing ever. It's, it's like bringing every bit of evidence that could possibly rumble you <laughs> on your person. And the thing is, it's not even like they wore a lot back then. So like, he would have picked up his robe, 
put it round him <laughs> and then thought, you know what, I'm going to bring these with me just in case. I need to nip to the shops after work. It's like a murderer going in for police questioning and putting the weapon in his pocket before he leaves, intentionally. <laughs> like, he's not just been caught with it. He's been home and then chooses to go to this uh, council meeting and thinks, <laughs> best pick that up quick. Also, she maybe have been asked for payment in something a bit more conspicuous. <laughs> Rather than that massive face on the coin. He's going to have to wait a while before he can spend the money. He's, yeah. got, to wait for the, he's got to wait for the army. To, he's got to wait for them to take over Sparta and set up a nice little, set, put a settlement in place before he can even start spending it. Yeah. In, it's, in terms of your bad guy, um, not done well. No. I d- I do have a question, but I don't really know how to word this. So, when, uh, trying to remember his wife's name. Gorga, is it? Yeah, Queen Gorga, there we go. So, when she's, uh, taken advantage of by, uh, Theron, when I watched it the first time, I assumed that she was being raped, but, According to the plot on Wikipedia, that's that's not the case. From <coughs> I, I always accept it. <laughs> yeah, I always I always assume it was rape as well. But says uh, the queen who reluctantly submits to his sexual demands in return for his help. Yeah, that was the other point because she there she has the meeting by the the fountain with the uh, with the old bloke, doesn't it? Don't she? Yeah. She's like, yeah, you just need to get him on the side. Well. Wow. That was, but that is. But I always actually thought, in the context of the film and the scene, I always thought. Yeah. Like, but when when Theron points to the old bloke and says uh, he was in her chamber as well, he's the he's, he looks even guiltier. <laughs> he's got the coins on his waist. <laughs> he just stands there with his mouth open like I've been rumbled. So no poker face for him. The other points you've got in here then. So. One thing that um, you have a big move there, Keenan. <laughs> Where me? Was it? I don't think Sean and Jack have headphones in. Oh, okay. um, obviously, the, the story is told from the viewpoint of um, Dilos, isn't it? If, uh, yeah. If say, or Dilios, or oh, boy, Faramir. Yeah. Um, and so you have to take all of this in the film with a pinch of salt, I guess. Yeah. By the fact that he says to him, go back and tell a victory kind of thing. Mm. So it's, it's a cool way of doing it. And it means they can do when you've got kind of the almost mythical creatures in the battle, like that giant. Yeah. And they have a feasible way around it and still can get away with it. So that's quite a cool way of doing it. Mm. He also probably, in reality, didn't put up as much of a fight when they say, you know what? Don't come with us, about 280 of us, to battle this several hundred thousand man army. You go back and just tell everyone how well we've done. And he makes, he's protesting. No, no, honestly, honestly, I can stay here. <laughs> so maybe he didn't need that much convincing. Well, they called it the, be- they called it the beautiful death, didn't they? As yeah. Many armies off. It's uh, your, your biggest honour to go out in, a, in battle. Yes. Yeah. So that's why he says to, um, Fielto, or how do you say his name? Um, the deformed bloke, where he says, "May you live forever," and then he squirms. Yeah. 
he caught me off guard the first time I saw him, as well as the Oracle. They look horrific. Yeah, he does look fucking terrible, doesn't he? Bad guys, yeah. I mean, you're giving him a wide berth, aren't you, really? <laughs> the Oracle's the gingerbread. Oh, um, well, you know, the, the people that kind of, they yeah, go mate. to to seek approval for, um... Yeah, when he's talking about them having the needs of men, I'm just like, nah, that ain't it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, like, genuinely, you, oh, my, heart's, oh, my heart's not gone out to many people in life more than it did that bird. <laughs> <laughs> he's right, he, he licks her face, doesn't he? Yeah. He gets some PTSD from the fact that, um, one of them's called Stelios. Janakopoulos? Yeah, back to the Bolton <laughs> days. <laughs> My man played for City for a bit as well, didn't he? Yeah. Did he? I think... Yeah. My biggest gripe with the film is, obviously they had the, the, the great plan, first of all, that they've got this narrow passage where they can overcome the numerical advantage by their position. But when they get rumbled, it's like when Route 1 football doesn't work for a team or sitting back doesn't work and then they just go all bombs forward. Because standing there without their shields up, literally with just a Hail Mary, is a bold way of thinking they're going to overthrow this army. Well, there's a couple of issues with it, isn't it? Straight away, as they're building all, he's like, oh yeah, no, just, um, we know about, we know about the goat path. Let's just don't know and tell the Persians. I mean, <laughs> if you know it's your biggest weakness, I know I like a gamble, but if I know it's something that's probably going to lead to me dying, I might do something about it rather than just think, mm, fuck it. Um, and even in after the actual initial battle where they are in what they like the, the hot gates, the hot they gates. Adva- yeah, they advance forward anyway. They actually come out of it just to go back into it. Well, if that's your big, your strategical advantage, don't leave. <laughs> yeah. don't, just don't go anywhere. That, that's it. You stay like you draw a line in the sand and say, look, lads, this is us here. Don't walk hundred yards forward and then invite him onto you. That doesn't didn't didn't really do a lot for me. It was it was certainly a strange way to go about it. Someone needs to have a word with uh, Leonidas there. Leonidas is no clock really, is he? That's what I'm saying. He hasn't tactically. He's not he's not that sound. Director of war room, so there's like good communication line between the coach of this warriors team because at the moment, yeah. Bit of oversight, bit of hot-headedness. Well, yeah. he was just on a suicide mission. Every time they present some kind of issue to him, he's like, don't worry about that, it would be beautiful to die here. And his team are thinking, well, I'd rather not if we can avoid it. Yeah, this is it. They, I mean, some of them have got wives and that, that they actually want to go on to, but evidently, Leonidas is happy just to chuck it all in. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's an odd way to go about it. What's, um, usually I would, I would uh, their name, but you don't really hear about Astinos the son. Mm. He got to be fuming at me when his when his dad's gone. No, come on, get out of bed. You can come with us. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, and then Leonidas is like, no, don't worry about him. He's your son. He's got many years left. I insist, honestly, he can come with us. Yeah. Like, others that can replace him. Oh, yeah, nice. He actually basically calls his son a bitch as well. He's like, <laughs> say, he's, he's like, well, it's the same age we were when we, when we were right for the first time. <laughs> So it's basically come with us or you're a bitch. Absolutely slaughters him. Only to, only to get his head sliced off. And yeah. When when the horse is charging towards him. Does he not hear him? Just shouting his name. Come on, give him a bit more of a chance there. Because even if he is his name, he just still doesn't know what's going on. Nah. 
duck. I mean, also, does he not, like, I've been, I've never been on a horse, but I've been pretty close to them. But when they're running at pace, they don't want to have to make some noise. But surely you hear something. You go, oh, might turn around. He's like, just waving in his glory. Yeah. I've never, if I if I heard anything, clear a cat running to me that fast, and I'm going to turn around and have a look at it. <laughs> and your instinct is just to get out of the way. You don't even need to turn around and see what it is. No. <laughs> get out of town. And like they've had such great reactions throughout the whole film. He's just stood there gorgeously. <laughs> and then his dad goes on a rampage. Could have avoided that if he'd done that a bit sooner. Well, this is it. And then, his, it, to be fair, his dad absolutely... His dad flogs the team. He's like a centre-half being out of position. Yeah. One more, because he, he, he advances forward and then he just sort of have to go with him. And well, he absolutely he, he flogs them. A load of the critics um, really, really go in on the line where he says, uh, hate has consumed my heart or something along those lines. Mm. And they're like, in a film that's kind of all the good cliches and it's different in the way they present it, we really didn't need the classic hate's overcome me and now this is the way we're going to do this. He didn't need that at all. So they got a lot of stick for that. Mm. Well, I don't know what they're expecting him to do when he's just seen his son be beheaded in front of him. Yeah, I mean, he's might, most people probably would lose their head a bit. <laughs> well, he's sundered, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, should we go through the categories? Yes, sir. Rewatchability, then. So it's it's an hour fifty-seven minutes. This. So over what we would traditionally have, well, I think we agree. What we said, an hour forty-five to mm-hmm. two hours ish is our peak kind of rewatchable for action films. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like two hours, does it? I think, yeah, because there's so much action, it just kind of flies, isn't it? There's, no, there's a few lulls, and even the lulls of like, the, the weird oracle scenes, so you've kind of got your eyes glued to that. And then you've got just other bits, and then you've got the bit at the end with the uh, self-incriminating coins. So it is a pretty rewatchable film, I would say. It doesn't feel too much different in length to me than um, John Wick, which is about 20 minutes shorter. I think as well, because there's so many different moves you can do with spears, swords, and like all these different creatures, there's only so much you can do with a gun, I guess. I'm not, I'm not even saying it as a, as a negative to John Wick. I mean, I'm saying no, but no, it, no, feels, it feels just as quick as kind of your peak rewatchable length. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Sorry, go on. Go on. Oh, I was going to say, no, I was only going to say, I know I agree with in terms of rewatch. Because I hadn't seen this in, I, I hadn't seen it properly in like a really long time. And I was like, yeah. oh, God, I, oh, I don't know. I, I, I can't wonder if it'd be any good. I was, I was up from like the opening voiceover. Uh, I, I was, I was, I was fully into it for the full two hours. Well, but, we didn't necessarily, we weren't necessarily negative, but we all commented, didn't we, about Man on Fire? And we were like, there was very clearly, a half an hour before the action movie kind of kicks in here. Yeah. And even with this, when if you have two hours, you usually allow for what, like 20, 25 minutes to set things in motion and then a yeah. couple of lulls. And even the lulls here are very short. It's essentially just um, put in the next bit just so you have something there. So like just, just the joining little sentence between your paragraph. Yeah. It's not like full cutscenes away, like you're having something like a Star Wars or a Lord of the Rings or something. 
you've literally got one plot to follow and it just sticks with you the whole way through. Well, I suppose you've got the kind of side bit with uh, his wife, but even that's still very short and it's still, there's a lot going on each time. Yeah. The, the, the political side of it, I know I get it's important because they try and give context about the, the king, etc. but that, like conversations with the council, with council yeah. members and stuff. Don't really, don't really need that. It's not for me. Even then, you get the payoff as well. If you don't have that, you want the payoff. And seeing Thoron get killed, you do get the payoff there. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, and I suppose you do need it. If they're going to include Thoron getting killed, you are right. They do need it because if not, it's just Dominic West being in yeah. it for two minutes. Then he's dead. <laughs> what? What? It means means nothing. So you, you probably are right. But it is like. It's funny, like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. Bit, like, as I was watching it last night, it reminded me a bit of um, whichever the one is, where it's just randomly talking about the Trade Senate and stuff. But, <laughs> like yeah. parts of it did remind me a little bit of that, where I just thought, man, it's not really, not really what I'm in in the film for. But it does hold well enough together that, like I said, I, I was still there for the full two. I've taken over the hypotheticals after Sean stopped. I think the week after we assigned it as an actual subject <laughs> for him each, each time. <laughs> So, Sean, I'll go to you. Um, take the uh, opening scene of 300 where they talk about how they kind of blood in the Spartan warriors. Say you're shoved out into the wilderness now. Um, what's the biggest animal that you could beat for that initiation? I won't say something mental like uh, you're going to come out in some cult, but say we've got 250 grand on the line. It's, it's not several million where you can just say something like mental, but 250 grand, that's a great amount of money there. What's the biggest thing you can take on? Something <laughs> like I was thinking, my initial thought was a badger. A badger? For 250 <laughs> grand? <laughs> yeah, I still wouldn't back myself against a badger. A badger will <laughs> fuck you up. You're, you're acting like if you increase the money, the more chance I have. It's not like if it. No, but I'm saying. Kill a lion. Say we've got some kind of hex in play here where. If if the powers that be know you could have taken on something bigger, then you're not getting your money at the end of it. <laughs> I don't think they're letting you have the cash for a badger. <laughs> well, my other guess is a hyena. That's going to be my next guess. Big from you. Sean's gone bold. Quite a jump. I don't really know what middle ground animal Me and Jack know for a Monday, cows are dangerous as it is. Yeah. The thing is, though, it's like Homer Simpson in that episode where he gets punched when he becomes a boxer with a cow. Like, you could punch a cow as many times as you want and it's not going to matter. Even if it doesn't fight back. So, my cows first... are dangerous. And I think that would come against a cow. No, because my first thought was a stag and I don't fancy my chances there. That's, that's, that's probably a bit big. Give me, give me shoot versus a llama one on one. Llama. <laughs> That's such a, that'd be such a horrible thing to beat to death, though. You feel so guilty. What a bit well, so Sean's not Sean's not a horrible thing to be beaten to death, but you feel bad <laughs> for the llama in this situation. I mean, that's just such a fluffy thing to beat to death. It's like a, a long necked Dijon freeze. Um, I think you've got to like pick a bit of a bastard animal, like a really annoying one, to justify the violence in the like. What type of dog have you got? I want Sean against your dog. <laughs> no, because that would be me against Sean and then we know we're in. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think like a pig. A pig 
look for the <laughs> <laughs> Why they have a gun to you? I think you can't even stand up, can they? Torin, you'll feel bad about a llama, but a little fat pig <laughs> yeah, can't no, really turn in a circle. You'll just yeah, but fuck pigs die anyway, because you can, eat, you can eat them afterwards. So at least... Uh, you, you can, can eat, eat a dog. No one's that way. I mean, no, there, are, there are cultures that yeah, eat dogs. Yeah, part of the world. Hey, you all went to Angel Chef. Oh, what a rumour that was. Um, it was only today we spoke about it at work where um, I had to say, I was like, when you look back, the dog in a freezer at Angel Chef feels a little too convenient for the stereotype. <laughs> like, yeah. Angel Chef was minging. I remember taking a hold of one and we were stealing, like, not, well, not stealing because you paid for it, it's all you can eat, but putting all the food into a bowl and putting it in the back. I, I have no idea why, because we shouldn't be eating there in the first place. And then I think they must have put a curse on us because we all had food poisoning afterwards. So wasn't because we you took food that might not have been cooked properly and just <laughs> sort of really piss poorly heated it in a bag. Well, no, because we ate food there, but we, I was big in our belly, wanted to take food with us as well because we thought, why not? Yeah. One of those stupid 15-year-old kind of ideas. And there's a thing in Peep Show where they say it's, it's, it's eat as much as you want, not eat as much as you can. And it seems that you were the latter. Yeah. What about a warthog? No. The tusks. Nothing, nothing with tusks. Yeah. Well, I feel it's a bit fairer than fighting a pig. Yeah, definitely. But like, I think the pig's a piss poor idea. I think even I do a pig, and I've got, if, I've got if, no real turning we, range. I'm, I'm thinking one of those big lumbering pigs, like the big fuckers. Sometimes they're not just pink, they're like fur as well. If we, if we priced up, um, Sean against a big pig, as Jack's just said it, in, uh, <laughs> at Bonner's Bookies. How, we, how are you pricing that up? No, no, we're going to make a joke about Sean and big pigs from the past, no? <laughs> it's there. It's, it's low-hanging fruit. <laughs> hey, that's my favourite, mate. I don't like stretching. <laughs> how are you pricing up Sean against a pig? I'm putting shoot as the heavy favourite. <laughs> Well, it depends on the size of the pig. We're doing it like boxing, no. where you have to weigh the pig and weigh sure. What's the yeah, biggest actually... pig you could take down, Sean? <laughs> I don't really know. I don't really. I'd have to see uh, a size comparison, like in a prison lineup of, of the pigs, and then <laughs> and give you an answer. Should we and not all... worry about three hundred? We'll just talk about three hundred or two. Yeah. We'll just go through a list of animals and just see which ones if... we can fight. Do you reckon you could take a pig that was the same body weight as you? That's quite a small pig. I think I could take. Yeah, I think I could take the pig. Oh yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I'm convinced you could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is why you'd be the heavy favourite of the bookies. <laughs> well, how are you pricing up Sean against the badger then? Badgers are whiny, mate. Badgers, badgers will be responsible for more deaths than pigs are. I'm genuinely <laughs> convinced. That's TV though, isn't it? Mate, you've heard of honey badgers? They're fucking wild. Yeah, but that's a honey badger. Hey, Sean, yeah. if, um, <clears throat> if we do ever get bought out by some big business, then we're definitely having a Sean vs. Animals segment where it just fights a different animal each week. <laughs> I'm sure that'll go down well. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we make it to be like a fair matchup, then I think people would be all right. But genuinely, I, I'm actually quite convinced you could probably tie your hands behind the back and still be a big enough. It's got a limited that segment, got a limited shelf life, hasn't it? Because eventually, I'll take something that beats me. Until... <laughs> yeah, but 
<laughs> he's people denying ring, more, mate. and we've got Sean in with a silverback gorilla in week six. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've Googled how many people kill badgers, and some of these comments like, how would a human fare in a cage match against a honey badger? And it says that you don't need to be trained in any martial art to kill a honey badger. It won't be able to use that are not human. Imam bar in a badger. Like your leg. I'd say we'll move on, but my next question isn't <laughs> much more mature. I was going to say um, better leader here. So we've got some inspirational speeches here from Leonidas. Um, Better leader, Leonidas with his 300 Spartans, or um, Peter Lafleur and the average Joe's gym. <laughs> I think Peter Lafleur, because he's got less to work with. I mean, he's got... He's got a pirate. <laughs> yeah, I know, but Leonidas has got trained soldiers. Whereas he's got to train those guys from the ground up. Well, he don't even do it, does he? Your man Patrick steps in. Yeah. <laughs> he outsources the work. Yeah, that's his version of um, the Oracle. Yeah, exactly. Um, Peter Lafleur, Congress. Peter Lafleur, because he has the foresight to get the bet on. <laughs> he leads his men to bigger and better things. Leonidas, well, not so much. Uh, we'll go. We'll carry on the categories. So, um, quotes. Then you've got plenty in here to work with. Um, Sean, do you want to kick us off? Uh, yeah, I mean. Immortals will put their name to the test. <laughs> Great masks they've like, got. Unreal. They like are. The, the comedy one where it's, um, where he says, like, slaughtering your troops, your troops definitely with a dodgy knee, so kneeling will be difficult. <laughs> when he says, my arm, it's not yours anymore. <laughs> tonight we dine in. Sorry, I was going to say tonight. Yeah. We dine in hell, as you've said. I've got a few. Um, I actually really like when they just push them all off the cliff and he's like, yeah, they look thirsty. Let's give them something to drink. <laughs> Keenan did say I should have started off um, with the madness in the style of Leonidas, but I didn't think I could do it justice. No, he wasn't worried. He was worried about not committing. I actually think um, well, it's just really, it's really, really long quote, but I'll do it anyway. Not in the, not in the voice, but I could just put do the, it in the uh, quote in. Oh, you can do it yeah, if you want. You can do it. It's quite long though. It's the way it's when yeah. they meet the thespians and he's like, "What's your profession?" A potter, yeah. a builder, a, a, a baker, so yeah, the Spartans. Yeah. What is your profession? Oh, Daxos! What a pleasant surprise. This morning's full of surprises, Leonidas. We've been tricked. This is a surprise. Silence! This isn't an army. We heard Sparta was on the warpath. We were eager to join forces. If it is blood you seek, you're welcome to join us. Would you bring only this handful of soldiers against Xerxes? You see, I was wrong to expect Sparta's commitment to at least match our own. Doesn't it? You, there. What is your profession? I'm a potter. So. And you, Arcadian, what is your profession? Sculptor, sir. And you? Blacksmith. Spartans! What is your profession? <laughs> 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 
old friend. I brought more soldiers than you did. Yeah, he gives it, they give it that, and he's like, see, old friend, I brought more soldiers than you. At that point, I was already all in, but at that point, yeah. I'm, fucking, I'm, genuine, I'm almost ripping the chair off. I'm Literally. almost flipping the chair I was sat in last night. I was like, yes, let's do it! I was about, the words to about to leave my mouth were, at that point, I was all in, so. Yeah, genuinely, that's <laughs> we what I'm doing. When the hunchback says, uh, I want it all, well, women, I think, don't we all? Don't we all? Make it, did you feel bad for him when he says, lift your shield, lift your shield as high as you can? No. Do you know what it reminded me of? At that point, you don't know he's a rat. No, it is true, but do you know what it reminded me of? I was, I was cackling as I was thinking of it last night. Do you know Scary Movie 2 when he's just like, my strong hand? That's <laughs> genuinely what came into my head. Um, we do what we were born to do. Well, sorry, do what we were trained to do, bred to do, born to do. Again, man, just so hot. When they're just talking, when he's talking about just fight, fighting Persians. Um, and I will just jump the gun a little bit and give you my favourite quote is when he says, a thousand nations of the Persian Empire descend on you. He says, our arrows will block out the sun. And then Fassbender just gives it, we will fight in the shade. And then when they, when they're, yeah, when they're holding under the, when they're hiding under the shields, and then laughing about hiding under the <laughs> Yeah. Spartans, ready your breakfast and eat hearty, for tonight we dine in hell. What breakfast can you have that is pumping you up for a battle like that? But a bit that cracks me up is after the first battle, and they've slaughtered a load of them, Leonidas is just walking around chomping on an apple. <laughs> I mean, I know it keep, one a day keeps a doctor away, but he is taking the piss forever. Oh, bacon, egg, sausage, the lot, if I'm going into battle like that, and he's telling me to eat hearty. Probably not a good breakfast to have before you go to battle. But if that's your last meal... Oh, yeah, if I, if it's, if, if I know I'm going going in for like your last meal, I want it all. Your last meal, and so they're getting bean juice on your egg, I wouldn't be happy. <laughs> one, that's, uh, one that's not Leonidas, but... but... Um, his wife, when she says, when she stabs Theron, when she says, this will not be over quickly, you will not enjoy this. <laughs> she does also say, your lips will finish what your fingers have started, or is the oracle of you and your desire as well. Sean's going to use that line in the future as well, isn't he? Mm. The world will know free men sit against a tyrant. Yeah, again, it's another one. Gets it's you yeah, again, even when he's given that, it gets me so hyped. It's an honour to die at your side. It's an honour to have lived at yours. Yeah. It's just surprising, actually, because you obviously don't... There are a couple, like, obviously, this is Sparta. Um, yeah. And, like, that have carried on. But, like, I actually forgot how good and how much I enjoy some of the dialogue. Like, some of it is, is absolute dog. That's fair. <laughs> but... <laughs> Like some of it is so good, and like as as you said, like, I was all in on it. Like I'm... when he when he says, uh, "Oh, I've chosen my words carefully, Persian. Perhaps you should have done the same." Yeah, <laughs> again, like mint. That's as gravelly yeah. as I can make my voice as well. No, I haven't got it. I I couldn't do. I was trying to last night. I genuinely, <laughs> I was walking. I was walking around my house last night, and I was just shouting Spartans. Oh, yeah, oh. I was genuinely. I must have done it about ten times. I swear, I, like my, my brothers and that must think I'm actually like <laughs> fucking mental because <laughs> I would ju- I just shout random shit. But I was genuinely walking around just shouting Spartans last night. Do you think um, on that scene where they're like pushing them back and they're pushing them to work? Do you think you would just jump off, or would you wait until they got to you? No, I'm I'm probably going. 
It gives you <laughs> like because you know I mean? it gives yourself because if you fall, I'm not saying you survive because the cliff looks fucking massive, but if you jump, you surely you would exert more force and you've got a chance of actually in water than just like sort of limply falling down onto the rocks below. Yeah, I take a ten percent chance of living as opposed to a hundred percent chance of dying. Would you rather fall in there or fall in that pit in Star Wars? Oh, what, the Darth Maul pit? No, the, um... Is that the same pit as in, uh, the the one that, uh, the Emperor goes down? Oh, that one. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I Essentially the massive hole in the floor. Hmm, yeah. I don't know if it's the same one, but Darth Maul falls down one and all, don't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, don't know. The other thing is actually talking of huge pits. Um, do you know, uh, he asked for earth and water when, before he, they, he boots them all and they push them all into the well in Sparta. Right, so as an idea, for the next God knows how long, every time someone's having a drink of water out of that well, because presumably it's functional, in Sparta, it's just going to taste like a decaying body. <laughs> it's just more, he, he, tactically, he's not ordinarily annoyed us because he's basically, <laughs> he's basically just poisoned his whole city regardless. But he did get a cool moment out of it. He did, and it looks great, but I'm just saying, he ain't, he ain't really thought this one through. <laughs> On Spartan MTV, he's a hero. Yeah, he's, yeah, he probably is, but I mean, I'm just saying, I don't know if he's trying to get, I don't know if he's trying to irrigate my crops and someone's eyeball just lands on it. <laughs> Any other quotes before we continue? No. Best moment slash scene, and my one tied in with, um, the quotes, and it is the uh, battle at the hot gates. Leonidas's speech you've got beforehand there. Give them nothing, but take from them everything. Yeah, fair. And it's again. just a, a great battle scene. Yeah, it's yeah, fair. I did, again, I can't believe I forgot that. I was all, again, just get, you just get so hyped watching this film. So strange. Um, I really like the Immortals battle. Yeah. Um... I do really, I do really like that. The, the when they behead the big ugly looking fucker, <laughs> uh, and with the where he, they puts the scratch in the helmet, doesn't it? I remember that when the first time I watched it, that being quite a big moment. Speaking of uh, big ugly, um, Sean, what was your <laughs> favourite moment slash scene? Perfect moment in Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a tricky one. I mean, I've I've got the. Probably that, that battle with the Immortals, I think, is probably my favourite one. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'd go for that one. Big shout-out to, um, <clears throat> like, the opening sort of montage, if you want, but the opening voiceover to the point where he gets to become king as he walks back in with the wolves. There's <laughs> um, the wolf skin around him. That, I do love that. Jack, what about you? I think it's the first one, the first big fight scene, because they've had all this build-up, and... You know that they're going to kick ass, but you haven't seen it yet. And then they kind of run into the shields, and you think, oh shit, what's going on here? And then they just bump them back, and then just absolutely start scything them down. I think that's probably the Only Spartan women give birth to real men. Yeah, I did also like that. I did like that as a quote last night. Um, MVP, I'm assuming, is Leonidas. It is by default. But as I say, he wouldn't. He, he's not. He's got a lot of tactical issues. <laughs> um, most menacing villain. So Xerxes doesn't look particularly menacing. I don't think. 
No. Um, I mean, it, they are technically villains, but those old blokes who are doing do things yeah. with the Oracle, they, are, they look more menacing. But as a show of force, the army of a, a thousand nations is probably pretty menacing. I'd actually count the Immortals like outside of Xerxes because, one, being called the Immortals, two, those masks, they look yeah. far more menacing. Yeah. When they are supposed to be, as it's described, these the, the best that you've got, basically, aren't they? You're wrestling there, Keenan, as well. Im- Immortals is a great film as well. Never seen it. Yeah, it's a good film. Um, if we do the other categories when when we come on to Taken. So. Synopsis here. A retired CIA agent travels across Europe and relies on his old skills to save his estranged daughter who's been kidnapped while on a trip to Paris. I'm assuming everyone had seen Taken before. Yeah. 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 Legendary film. Maybe the one I've seen most in this bracket, actually. I remember the first time I watched it and was blown away at the time. I thought, I thought at the time that this is the best film I've ever watched. It's weird, like now, but... it's weird you say that, shoot, because genuinely I thought when I watched it for the first time, I thought, yeah, this might be one of the best films I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think everyone thought that it was in that same kind of time period of this and The Hangover, and that was like the go-to film whenever you'd want to watch them. Yeah, very fair. Um... I've got some critics' reviews then, so not nearly as many as uh, 300. Um, when the protagonist can electroshock torture a thug for information and the audience can applaud him for it, it's evidence that an intriguing character has been born. They obviously haven't seen Jack Bauer. <laughs> in, in my head, he was going to stab him in the legs with, like, spoons and then attach the battery to the spoons, but I was thinking, where's that? Where have I seen that before? And it was there. It was on Twenty Four. Well, you got a little crossover there because Stuart is uh, George Mason, isn't he? He is. He is. Um, the cinematic equivalent of that guy in high school who was capable of making good grades but always just coasted through with C's. The audience is stuck with a film that is way nicer than it should be. Sure, it makes the subject matter easier to take, but in the long run, it really limits the film's overall effectiveness. I don't know what they wanted to see here. Yeah, what are they, like, what are they after here? Because I watched A Place Among the Tombstones with Keenan and he doesn't want Taken being any more graphic. <laughs> right. Honestly, please, I, I still... I, it was the weirdest film. But like, but he was like, yeah, go and watch this Liam Neeson film. And it was so yes. dark and so weird. Well, maybe if you weren't half cut going in, you might have understood it better. Genuinely, I'm glad I was. Because watching that sober, I think genuinely, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't think I can look you in the eye again. Because I would, have, you would have been the weirdest bloke on the planet. He was hyped. Well, to see the fool. I mean, I didn't know quite what it was. Well, um, it was great to be back in the atmosphere of intense audience involvement after seeing so many films viewed in the dutiful stupor produced by inverted commas quality cinema. Neeson stars in the sort of part Harrison Ford would have been a shoo-in for 10 or 15 years ago. I thought that was a great point. In Taken, viewers are introduced to a new, to a new, to a new side of Irish actor Liam Neeson, one that is relentless and luckily hit criminals in the throat a lot. Though the film takes some time to get going, once Neeson arrives in Paris, the 91 minute runtime flies by like it's stuck on fast forward. 
It feels odd to see this alongside Schindler's list when it comes to Neeson's best performances. <laughs> Very good point. <laughs> Fortunately, somewhat sloppy storytelling never gets in the way of the briskly paced action adventure. Another Star Wars jive. Was Liam Neeson looking for a script with lousier dialogue than The Phantom Menace? You've just kidnapped the wrong teenager, Mr. Foreign Slave Trader Man. <laughs> that might be my favourite one. Uh, Taken does have a few glaring weaknesses, but there wasn't a minute that went by when I wasn't entertained or glued to my seat. And when I go to see a mindless action film, that's the thing I care about the most. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that James Bond has gone down the route of being realistic. And this is kind of like just cartoon fantasy, someone's taking a loved one and you're going to tear down an entire city to find them kind of thing. <laughs> Junk, reactionary father knows best because he used to murder people for a living nonsense. <laughs> Implicitly reinforcing all sorts of xenophobic paranoias and insidious patriarchal hierarchies. It's also absurdly entertaining. Oh, God. I mean, where do you even start with that one? It's what a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> do you know, there was a lot of pushback by the Albanians for this film and the way they were portrayed. My next review is, enjoyable 90 minutes for just about anyone that isn't Albanian. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hardly the Kazakhs in Borat, is it? Join. Well, you know, um, the, the Kazakhs, they kind of embraced it, didn't they? And they yeah. <laughs> It's a bit um, harder so to embrace this stereotype, well, mate, I'll be honest. They unintentionally <laughs> did it, so already people were associated to this, that. And when they put their next big um, kind of campaign out there to kind of give them a better look, encourage tourists to come, they said, get taken away by the spirit of Albania. <laughs> and I don't know who let that get through the net, because it was mean instantly. <laughs> Oh, that's fucking brilliant. The thing is, as well, like it's not only the Albanians that come about it; it's the kind of it's the shapes as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're just you're adding to so many stereotypes of the 2010s. It's just but, well, this this is like the French mid 2000s, isn't it? It's like every every war film now is Russians or if before, a couple of years before we were in Iraqis, and it's like this is just kind of the way Western cinema works. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because it's like if this film, if there was like say a Swedish, like underground trafficking ring, this film would be completely different. Like it wouldn't be as grungy for start. Well, it's um, they have much better houses. It's look the son, isn't it? The director Keenan will probably know if I pronounced that right. And do you think he wants to set the film in France because he's French and probably he thought that would be a cool thing to do? But at the same time, he's like. Look, I don't want to paint the French people as these uh, sex traffickers. No, exactly. So his next step he can do is, we'll blame it on the Albanians. Yeah, we'll blame it on a, we'll blame it on a, a given minority in France. It Same was, reason like, you could set the film in America. Yeah. But they're not going to do that because they don't want to. They they aren't going to the studio. You're not going to put Americans Americans in that. No. Like, like what they could have done is they put loads of Eastern European um, rising nations like Estonia. Albania, all that kind of stuff, all into a hat. And they've just picked it out and gone with it. It's like, all right, they're going to be Albanian. Yeah, well, and that it, it, that's genuinely, it, it's probably not what they, it's obviously not what they've done, but they absolutely, you are right, they absolutely could have done. Yeah. There's not much truth for this one, only uh, four pieces. So Liam Neeson expected the film to bomb, 
that he signed on in order to spend four months in Paris and learn karate. Um, <laughs> alongside guy. playing the kind of role he'd rarely been offered in the past. Ironically, not only was the film a massive hit, but it also created a new on-screen image for Neeson as an action hero. Mm. And that's absolutely spot on, because you look at his IMDb before this, and you look at his IMDb after this, and he's essentially been playing Brian Mills on a train, on a plane, <laughs> with wolves. Don't talk, don't talk about that shit. Uh, you need to have some respect for the great. <laughs> you do need to have some respect. Genuinely. Dog. And that's not the wolves. There's one that he does in a ski resort in Colorado as well with um, indigenous Americans. <laughs> and he still plays that. the same character, just drives a okay. Him and uh, Ed Harris uh, uh, run run all night. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I actually quite, I actually don't, I quite like that when it's his, it's his lad who's in trouble instead yeah. of his and daughter. And then I think the the train one is non-stop, or yeah, or maybe that's the plane one. I don't the know. Commuter. But... Yeah, non stops the, um, yeah. But he essentially, he does take it into, in 2008. And then it's like he's just been let free because really he's done a bit of everything beforehand, but pretty much big blockbusters. And then his first role after taking is, um, the Chronicles of Narnia being (laughs) Aslan the Lion. He then does, uh, he, he does in the next couple of years, Clash of the Titans, he's Hannibal in the 18, the next three days, which is a great sleeper pick of a film for anyone ever wants to watch one. Um, the Grey obviously plays Zeus in Wrath of the Titans, so he was really letting loose here. He's already been, uh, Ra's al Ghul, um, he's on Battleship, which me and Sean watched at the cinema, which was a horrendous film. Is Rihanna not? Nice? She might be. I know she's yeah. in one of the oceans. Rihanna is in, is in that. Mm. I just remember it being horrendous. And then even after Taken 2, then he seems to let loose even more. Because after Taken 2, you've got Jeff Wayne's musical version of The War of the Worlds Alive on stage. And Command 2, which the less said about the better. Then you've got Nonstop, The Lego Movie, A Million Ways to Die in the West. A Walk Among the Tombstones in the same year as Taken Free. Run All Night, as Keenan said, and so on. On the on the running theme, we talk about Kim's run. Yeah, yeah I actually have that written down as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst yeah, I was, I was mention I've that. ever seen. It's also I'm... weird that they just keep referring to her as Kimmy, almost to enforce the fact that she's supposed to be 17, given that the Bernie's playing her. It's quite clearly like 27. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they just gave her a really childish they say name. Sunny was Spurs, and people seem to let that slide. What? People commentators call Hoyman's son Sunny. So if he if he can say, uh, I think Kimmy is a bit more acceptable than that. No, but it's, it's done because she's like, yeah, just to reinforce like, the, oh, she she's young and, and stuff. Yeah, her acting as a kid is horrendous. Oh, no. Yeah. And like, she does Sully teenager really poorly as well it's like you're trying it is literally like you've told an adult say like, can you remember how you were when you were 17 can you even the way they dress her in that denim jacket with the sequins on the back when they're in the airport and you and they run through the barrier that was the bit for me where i was like right 
yeah. just take her now because I'm <laughs> sick of this already. And it, it, that age as well, we were probably all around the same ages here. It was like it was Soulcal trackers and Gilets, and that's all anyone wore. And never caught like, me in a Gila. And like, <laughs> no, same. Just need you to know. Maybe it was because we, we left that to Tim Sherwood. Yeah, we left that to the skinny lads. Gilets weren't for me. I was skinny back then. Oh, yeah. Shit, I always forget that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sorry. Like, the running as well. Like, if they run that badly, why do they have to run everywhere? When they ran through security, I was like, hang on a minute, they've got a two hour wait. Where are they fucking running to? Trying to get in that Frankie's and Venice, aren't they? Yeah. Why running on the spot? Like yeah. in a P lesson or something where they're telling you like how to run essentially. Like arms proper like out as if she's really doing some like serious running here. Do you reckon that must just be a normal run? I don't think she's put that on for the film. Or like she's run like she's run like Phoebe from Friends, if anyone's seen how she runs in Friends. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, true about like that. My other thing them picking O two as the band felt you like you, you adult. Oh, two. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm picking you two. Felt it feels like, like Liam Neeson something that they Liam Neeson would be got to pick the band, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that was, yeah, I picked up on the same thing as well. And that would have been around the time where they gave everyone a free album on Apple Music, wasn't it? In that like, it was Hayden. <laughs> yeah. Like, do... oh, oh, they're going to follow you two's European tour. It's like, fucking <laughs> no, they're not. I, I, I love the fact that Liam Neeson is just like, oh, a rock band. I was thinking, is that really you two? Come on, man. Like, I, I can cut ahead now because... I was just going to say, whilst they were dancing in that apartment, oh, like, yeah. fucking no one does that. They'll be going down the lobby trying to get served, taking some wine back, and just going in on it. That's what they'd be doing. Who, who had a worse experience in France? Uh, Kim or uh, Jack? Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> Can we elaborate Jack? on Jack's experience in France? He was mugged by Albanians. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, I, I think they were Al- Algerian. On a country. year eight trip. <laughs> I would have been like, what, 13, 12, 13? <laughs> Fucking bastard. He took our American football as well. If I remember rightly. Oh, um, man. Look how he meets Tom. Tom has keen and realised that this is an actual thing. Chuck on a year eight trip was mugged by Algerians. And like, there, there was like, what? Fucking at least 18 of them. Oh, man. Um, uh, what, how fucking shit are your teachers, by the way, if they just let a group of 13 you know, I thought, yeah, all right. Well, they, they, said, they literally said on the coach on the way there, they said, right, no one go outside the shopping complex because the locals like, are pretty dicey. So we all go out, we buy this American football, we go outside and start throwing it to each other. And then we just get mobbed by these fucking, well, I, I don't know what else to describe them as, but just a bunch of Algerians. I was on a Ferris wheel and I had a lovely time in that little hour. <laughs> Again, I was on with the wrong crowd because whenever it stopped, and it stopped for long periods of time, they would just shake it. I think one of the kids I was with actually cried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Jack may have had a worse experience. Uh, it's comparable to say the least. I mean, it may not be. I mean, it's, it's not. It's not quite kidnapping and being injected with heroin, but <laughs> I mean, I mean it's, it's not great. If Jack it's, was a bit prettier, that might have happened. It's, it's not the same ballpark, but it's definitely the same sport. Mm, yeah, fair. <laughs> you didn't hear about what happened to Jack in the taxi? No, I, I don't. 
we got him. Say that him being coerced will carry what? on. <laughs> Even well, I since, did you not watch back taken? That's how that's how he gets him. Coerced him on the taxi. Yeah. Yeah. Also talking of that mommy French guy Peter. Everyone everyone's met a character like him. Do you know what cracks me about the director being French? And I was thinking as I was watching it is the French. There's like three three French French people that have speaking lines in it. it one of them gets shot, um, and that's his missus. Jean Jean Claude comes across as genuinely just corrupt as fuck. He's like, ah, oh, as long as my expenses are paid, I ain't bothered. Um, and the other bloke is the other bloke is a is a spotter for a human trafficking gang. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't gloss over that bit because that's one of my favourite bits when he shoots her in the arm and he shoots <laughs> it's a flesh wound. Does it not make it any more okay that he just shot this innocent woman in the arm? It, it gets better because it's when he gives he him what he wants. It's uh, it's when he gives him what he wants because yeah, apologise to your wife for me, and then just bangs <laughs> him with a pistol. Yeah, it's the fact that he's being so she's been so nice and welcoming him to him as well. And it's like, what was this? Bang! <laughs> shot in the arm. He has to show he's legit. Yeah. <laughs> Takes no prisoners in this business. I've got a. Uh, well, I I've got a. Um, I had the I've got a well, my was going to be like, when you're in the apartment, so say if you are Kim and you see him in there, what do you do? Because I've got, I've got question marks over their decisions to get, for her to go under the bed. But what do you reckon you would do? Where would you go and hide? What would you find doing? I don't know. I mean, he he manages to get up through the window. Does that not escape? Does that not come into your head? Yeah, I'd be thinking about opening the window. If you sit in a run, I'm not backing it to abseil down the building. <laughs> The thing is, though, if they're like human traffickers, what you'd do is just stand on the ledge outside, because you're no good to them dead. So you might, as, they'd probably just left them. I don't think they care care about one person dying. Yeah, it's true. Well, they'd probably stay in the bathroom though and lock that. I've got, I've got a hypothetical as well, actually. So, all you've got, you have got, you have got the role of Pierre. How many girls can you have done? Who, me how personally? Many, yeah, how many girls do you reckon you're coerced? <laughs> I, I'm going to answer this, Keenan. It's a trap. It's <laughs> a trap. <laughs> I, I, was wait, I was waiting for you to make the taxi joke, to be honest, Bob. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the answer for me is zero. <laughs> Let's be honest. Or, yeah, the answer for me is zero. Imagine me stood there, you put now you're right, pal. We'll, just pay, the, we'll pay the money. <laughs> do you know what I mean? They only really agree to it because he's got a bit. He, he's quite a good-looking lad. If I'm stood there offering you to go in the back of this cab, you're well, I didn't right. even think in a taxi for. I thought Jack was just literally asking, <laughs> waiting to see how, how he many people human you trafficking you kidnapped. Yeah, yeah. No, the answer is zero, I'm, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> I think the the these traffickers probably they need to get some value in the product differently because I'd imagine business-wise. Her friend's probably worth a lot more than she is. <laughs> you're, you're a disgrace, man. She's got more pizzazz to her. He's not oh, she... sure, though, is she? Yeah, well, how do they know that? How do they, they just look at her like she's not. They make him do 100 metres and they're like, well, no one is going to have gone near you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
I've got some other things. Uh, what was your hypothetical quickly before we go anywhere? Well, mine was a lot more straightforward, and mine was going to be, what's the worst phone call you've had to give slash receive, considering the fact that at least three of us have worked in a call centre? Oh, I don't... Work-wise, I actually know the answer, but it's really depressing. Go on, then. Let's have it. It was about six weeks after I started working at Capri, so someone told me about an insurance policy to tell me that her husband had shot himself. Um, and to to ask whether ask whether they pay the insurance out. No, it's not. It's not Why are we laughing? I told you, yeah, I told you. What was expected? Uh, and then it was whether they would pay the insurance out, and I unfortunately had to tell them they wouldn't because suicide invalidates the policy. <laughs> no, that is awful. Yeah, I swear to God. What was the oh. reaction? Uh, she was like, "Yeah, I thought that would be the case, mate." Like probably like the strongest woman I've ever spoken to. She was like, "Yeah, she was like, it's fine." I told you, like, it was just so I could try and give some more extra money to the kids. She was like, "I've got it covered. Oh, I've covered everything, covered everything else." But it was just oh, to see if we that the, money would go to the kids. Horrible. The rev salt in the wounds was it? Uh... No, it wasn't. No, no, it was like this. He wasn't old, mate. If she's listening, I apologise for laughing. It wasn't that bad. Well, see, I told you it was really depressing. <laughs> I had. I mean, I'd have one. Oh, you can go. I was on the other end of one where I, I put a guy on hold, and um, he then came back and, and chastised me for daring to put him on hold. And he said, "I wish I was there now, so I could line you up against the wall and fucking shoot you in your head." <laughs> <laughs> and um, he got listened back to by one of the other people that worked there, and they called him. And he was like, I'm sorry, I drink sometimes and call um, phone lines and take it out on them. It would be a weird thing, because he went through all his security yeah. questions. He must have just really not been after you put on hold, but they bought me like a four-pack of drink, I think. So I don't really drink anyway, and that was he's like a, please don't take this any further. These are, these are all pretty bleak. <laughs> I mean, mine would probably, I mean, I've had some not quite as drastic as, as Keenan, but yeah, my apologies. I know I brought the mood down, but I didn't fucking... <laughs> my topic sentence was, it's really depressing. You did warn us, to be fair. Where someone's, where someone's, like, died or passed away. I've obviously had stuff with the job idea of that to call people up who really want a job and think they've got it, and then you have to tell them they haven't got it. And then other times they're like, why? But I should have it. And it's like, no, you're not good enough. <laughs> it's like, and then they start crying sometimes on the phone, and it's just, yeah, horrendous. So I'll raise the mood a little bit, I think, with mine, because the worst one that, for those that know me, I had this really mental, it wasn't supposed to be mental, but it was mental 18th birthday, but it was like Project X, kind of like a Gloucester version. Um, and it was basically my parents, it was my 18th birthday, my parents had gone out to a hotel to give me the house, to have a house party, um, for my 18th. And like what was supposed to have been like 15 people turned out to be like, couple of hundreds where the mood would just spread round. Everyone turned up in taxis. I lived in the middle of nowhere so no one could really like, just walk on like they were there for the, the long haul. Things got like properly fucked up in the house. Fire extinguishers and not the foam ones. It was like dust. Um, so that went everywhere. Lawnmowers over the fence, broken windows, fancy pulled off the wall. Like drink all in my parents' beds. Like, just shit everywhere. And I had to ring my parents and say, and try and soften the blow for before they got home from the hotel. 
to run them through all of the damage that had been done to the house, all of everything that was broken, and that was probably the worst phone call I've ever had to make. That was fucking awful. At least you weren't dead. There is That's that. The positive yeah. to take from this. The I can't imagine they. I don't really know in, in their position what they could say. I mean, the insurance policy paid out, so that's also... So, yeah, at least I wasn't dead. That, that, is, that is a good point to take from that. Byron, Byron, makes a good, your Byron makes a good point, by the way. Like, what can they say? It's happened now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, I could well imagine, but it's not really a lot you can say. Well, it, it's happened now. Yeah. I, I can't. We, we could have a whole episode on calls we've taken in the contact centre. As long as we don't name the place we are. That would make I remember it... someone before having one where um, you had to report the death and you had to ask, didn't you, um, the uh, what the cause of death was? And they oh, um, I'm not sure what the official one is. The ambulance is on the way at the moment. <laughs> oh. um, I mean, I, I, had did... people, I had people call when they're in the hospital. Yeah, really. I mean, I did also, I mean, I still work for a company at Bessel, but I did collect debts. Like every, every, I mean, I still do it now actually via the phone, so I've had some horrendous ones there as well. Okay. Let's get back to some more uh, positive news and uh, Liam Neeson clapping <laughs> Albanians. I was going to say, in more positive news, let's go back to child trafficking. Um, <laughs> the other points that I had down um, of, of note um, the last scene where he saves Kim reminded me of um, did you play that bonus mission on. Um, Cod Four, the Mile High Club one, where you yeah. burst through the doors and it's slow motion and you have to shoot and yeah. it's got the hostage. Reminded me perfectly of that. That's fair. Also, a bit of an anticlimax after it gets so far to get there and then he just claps the bloke in. It's fairly easily. I, I quite like it rather than the drawn out your your villain trying to give a speech. He just he tried opened his mouth and he just slots him. It was like it'd be more difficult getting off the boat though. Mm. Yeah, it was like an Indiana Jones moment, wasn't it, where that guy whips like his sword and he's fucking going mental with it and just shoots him with his pistol. It's kind of like that, where simplicity is better. He's already had his boss fight with his bodyguard. Yeah. And now he just finally gets his daughter back. A couple of quick... Sorry. I was only going to say, I like we were talking of things that, like, a couple of quick nitpicks just whilst we were here, whilst we are thinking of talking of the film. I, it looks as though they fly commercial back in Back, back, back out of Paris, right? Because they go through like a normal airport. Yeah. Get, he takes the private jet out, come back through a normal airport. The whole film, like Jean Claude's like, "Oh, you killed X amount of people. You're ruining the city." Somehow he just jumps on the plane. Yeah, there is. That. I know he's got. I know he's got a couple of fake passports, but I don't know how many he would have taken with him on the initial flight out via a private yeah. jet. He flies no, in private on the way out there. Anyway. Yeah, and then he you just sits. It, her, <laughs> he, he, he sits sits her down in economy, but like, yeah, we'll, we'll be home in eight hours. Like. And like he's killed a sheikh as well, and it, yeah. like on French soil, that's like an act of war in some places. So, mm. like that's pretty big. He's killed basically a king of an Arab nation. Yeah. Same place, I'm sure they can't see. Well, where was he? Well, he was on a boat, and he had his daughter. Yeah, no, but my other big nitpick is at the beginning of the film, him and his mates from the CIA are talking to be. I can't remember. I can never remember whether it's Basra or Beirut, right? And all this mad trouble they're in. No, at one point does he think, I tell you what, I've got three mates who are really, really close with. Might ask one of them. He asked yeah. one of them to find out where, the, where, what language they're talking. And he's like, all right, sound, see you soon. Not like, hello, mate. He doesn't need help. 
I know, but surely, if you if your sole interest, <laughs> yeah. obviously, I know for the film, but come on, you'd yeah. like look look lads, any chance? Bit of backup. Yeah. Would you? Would Wouldn't you not? Yeah. They're like trying to convince him to get back in the game at the beginning. So they're obviously well, they're obviously <laughs> close with him. Yeah. He's trying to prove what a great daddy is. He doesn't need help. He did this all on his own. Four, three ads better than one. So four ads better than one. Instead yeah. of this 96 hours, you never know. He might have accomplished it a little bit quicker. <laughs> well, I, I actually had down that the biggest villain in this film is, uh, is ex wife. What a swine yeah. she is. Yeah, what bitch. And then as soon as she needs him, oh, help me, and gives her all the crocodile tears. And it's just, you know. Is it crocodile tears? I mean, her daughter's been kidnapped as well. <laughs> <laughs> well she, wasn't, she wasn't worried the day before, was she? Yeah, exactly. She, like, oh, can you just sign the papers? Who says he wants, well, she wants to travel different. all the way around Europe? Like, yeah, it, she's 17, uh, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a no, I get that. Like, yeah, she's a bit loose, like, but she, I don't know if he's crocodile tears. Like, I'm <laughs> sure she feels some upset that her daughter's been nicked. She did uh, also decline an invitation to come on this podcast. Disgrace. <laughs> oh, mate, she's an X-Men as well, isn't she? I'm James Bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bond girl. Oh, the she's seen in Yeah. Yeah, she's in a lot of stuff in the night, she's well. Um, I've got down, Kim gets sold to Jabba the Hutt, is one of my notes. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. I love how easy it always is to hotwire a car in an action film. It's like the easiest thing, it's almost easier than putting the key in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just a little kind of reach underneath the steering wheel, not even looking at the wires, just he knows what he's doing, he's done this before. I also thought the car chase when he goes to um the kind of the, the brothel to collect what he thinks could be Kim and then just the girl that has his uh, daughter's jacket. That car chase was literally like the direct where can we put a car chase? Yeah. Ticks it mm. off, takes the most treacherous route possible, drives through everything in existence. I had a little almost like nod when he happens to bosh into um, the drum of oil that explodes just so they get explosion tick. Yeah. And like they've done the car chase and he's in a Volvo estate versus two four by fours going over loose ground. It's kinda of like yeah, definitely, definitely. Well there's awful blokes that have turned up at that place as well, that almost got like business estate to the middle of nowhere. It's, yeah, it's, it's like the orderly queue that they formed as well. It's like they've nipped in after all. Right, get this over and back to the kids. Yeah, creepy as fuck. Yeah. I joke then, but it's actually too dark for this podcast, so I'll say it. I, might, I might put it in the chat after. Well, we'll just say it off camera. Say it off camera. It's about short of lifelessness, so I'll put the rest into action. Um, if we go on to the categories, um, Rewatchability. You've got an hour and a half here. It's up there. I, I don't know how many times I've watched it, but it is up there. It's only about like 17 minutes, I think, before Kim gets kidnapped, but it feels like a lot longer. Mm. And in that, you've got the um, bit with Holly Valance, who I think should be in the Rex Ryan Hall of Fame, I should say. I say she's a lot for that. Yep. But even that, you've got a bit of action there. So it's not like there's no action, but it, people do reference it being a slow start. Well, it's all setting up how innocent and a kid she is, isn't it? As yeah. we 
touched on a bit earlier, but when like she gets karaoke, karaoke machine. Yeah. Right. She's 17, Brian. <laughs> so it makes buying her a horse. Yeah, I know. Uh, what do you expect? What, what really do you want from the bloke? He's hardly going to give her a like, B&H Blue 20s and a fucking... Uh, <clears throat> and a bottle of Frosty Jacks. Like, what do you want, what do you want from the bloke? <laughs> My uh, rewatchability, I actually did really enjoy it. But I text Byron this, and I just said, just just asked him a question and said, is Liam Neeson a good actor? <laughs> yes, of course he is. <laughs> because I, what I actually said was, I'm not convinced he is. <laughs> His monologues are great, right? But if you if you were next time you rewatch this film, because I only know I only really picked it up this time, and it does did detract a little bit from the rewatchability. But when he's talking to his ex-wife, it's like they filmed it when they were in two separate rooms, and they've just cut it together afterwards. Well, what, you what, weren't, what, what, you what, weren't saying this ever? about a Scottish a Scottish Leonidas that we had in our last film. I'm not I'm not discounting the fact that an Irishman would work for the CIA, so they both have faults. You mean you mean when like whenever he's speaking of her or a, or a particular scene, mate? Literally any time he has dialogue with her, <laughs> or, or pretty much anyone actually, when he has to look them in the face, it, it's so weird. Delivers some great monologues, and when it's over the phone and they're obviously not not together or wouldn't be together, does it well. When he's supposed to be having a conversation with someone, it is really really wooden. You're playing games with me. And for that, the rate just went up 10%. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that reminds me of the gripe that I have. Because he goes in there posing as this French police officer. And this Algerian gang, they've come to France. And my bet is they only know how to speak Algerian and French. He goes in there, gives his French business card, and just starts speaking to them in English with an American accent. American? Well, yeah, loosely. Loose, 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 a loose term, but you, you get the point. Yeah, no. And it's like, what? And they don't even bat an eyelid at this. It's, it's like, an American film, man. I know, but if if someone handed me a French business card and said their name was Jean Claude and it sounded like that, I'd be like, mm. yeah. <laughs> but we're also taking this from someone that watched the raid with dubbed dialogue. Who me? No, no, Jack. <laughs> oh, I was going to say I didn't. I watched. I, I watched the subtitles. That's the version you yeah, by. And I found that a bit suspect. So surely, <laughs> like, if I'm Jean Claude and I go in with, like, suspicions are going to be raised at least. But oh yeah, I'm the new guy. <laughs> are you? I'm not sure they're in a position to be able to uh, say too much, though. Well, no, obviously they've got limited English. Oh, I'm more so for that bit. <laughs> They are. They don't have the heavy hand here. No, this is true. What were your thoughts on the rewatchability, Byron? Loved it. Every second of it. Yeah, I Other than her running. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I do love this film. I think um, we've complained, as some of these reviews have, about um, overcomplicating films. Sometimes you do just need an hour and a half of someone going through and just wiping people out. There's no there's no reason that we shouldn't have more films like this. No, I actually agree. I've in, I've in both brackets that we've done, I have said this exact same thing. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I just I just enjoy it for for what it is. Um Oh yeah. I get quite nostalgic cuz I've watched it plenty of times over the years usually you flick through and then you've spent that long looking for something to watch that maybe it's later and so you put some on because 
steady hour and a half. And yeah, uh, yeah I think I think I probably actually never back down is probably the film in the bracket I've seen most. But after that, it probably is take it. I'm looking forward to rewatching that. I haven't watched that in a very long time. Oh, I dread to think the discussions we're gonna have about Under Hood when we do that. <laughs> but anyway, quotes, plenty of them here. Even, I will uh, say, we don't need anyone to do the speech. I mean, we we all know the speech. Yeah. I will find you and I will kill you. The ending. Are you going to clip in? Yeah, we'll have we'll have uh, Liam doing uh, doing us a favour there and doing it for us. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you are looking for a ransom, I can tell you I don't have money, but what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Good luck. That was one of those trailers that just takes off because they put the whole speech in the trailer. Yeah. And I don't know if you... You don't seem to get it so much nowadays, but that was a trailer that I swear everyone had seen. Yeah. And there were such unreal expectations for the film purely based off just that one trailer as well. And to be fair to the film... Or for me personally, as much as I just did sit and slate it a little bit, but that was only as a rewatch, only, only after rewatching. But it certainly delivered off the back of that trailer. Yeah, even with even with the the gripes that we've said, I don't know how much better of a film that would make it. Him it, getting it, tangled up in an international scandal because he wiped out a sea uh, shake on into after water. That's not improving our film, is it? That's just going to make it. Like, no, him being able to hold a conversation might improve the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd hope. Um, other quotes we've got here. I think my favourite one is he doesn't remember me. We spoke on the phone a few days ago. I told you I'd find you, and then in the house, and like the realization hit. A friend gave this to me. It's Albanian. You mind translating it? My thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. You don't remember me. We spoke on the phone two days ago. I told you I would find you. Again. He spoke to him on the phone in an American accent, and now he's there with the same voice in an American accent. He still doesn't. He doesn't have a care in the world, though, does he? Yeah, he's just like all his life is is abducting and drinking, abducting and drinking. He's got no cares for the consequences. (laughs) But by the consequences, he found him. 
him screaming out, now is not the time for dick measuring, Stuart. <laughs> that scene you've just said, he said, I'll push one button and 38 agents are here before you have time to scratch your worthless balls. Yeah. Um, more for this, I don't, when we come to it, it's going to sound really weird, so we'll, we'll have to explain it. But when she says to it, when he says, it's not a favourite quote, but the way it's delivered, as again, it's just, it is him talking, it's not a back and forth. But when he says, look, they're going to take you, you have five, maybe ten seconds. Yeah. The absolute bleakness in his voice. Yeah. Like, genuinely, as I was rewatching, I was like, that's actually quite powerful as, he, as he's listening to it. And as a scene, is what I was going to say. As a scene, I think it's fantastic. Like it's horrible, obviously she's getting kidnapped. Yeah. But as it as it's shot and as he plays for it, goes for it, play by play with it on the phone, actually it's brilliant. Two two people in in this film, um, the policeman and uh, the guy at the uh, on the yacht says, "Please understand, it was all business. It wasn't personal." Yeah. As if that's going to make him feel any better about his daughter being trafficked. It was all it was all personal to me. It's a great quote as well. Yeah, um, unbelievable. Talking of the policeman, I, I still one of the quotes I remember from the film itself is when he says, "That's what happens when you sit behind your desk. You forget yeah. things like the difference in the hand of a gun that's or a bullet and a gun." Is, it? Yeah. The after he says, by the way, uh, as you referenced there, it's personal to me. Him firing off the whole clip makes that yeah. better as well. Yeah. His, um, his, his lines he's got while do, torturing Marco, um, you either give me what I need or this switch will stay on until they turn the power off for lack of payment on the bill. Yeah. And then he I, says, I believe you, but I won't save you. Yeah, that was mine. That's a great Unreal. Great scene. Again, really, really powerful. They cut that um, on American TV because it's too much for them, which is mental when you think some of the things that actually does happen over there. A CIA agent torturing a minority. Okay, weird. Okay, okay. Political. Um, more historical now, the CIA. Just talking more on Phantom Bay. Best moment slash scene. Does anyone have one that isn't the phone call? Yeah, just exactly the scene with Marco. That. <laughs> I, I've, I've written it down as the kitchen fight but the fight takes place all over the house every time I watch the film I really I really like the fact that he plays dead just lies next to their body and gets up <laughs> yeah. and shoots him just think it looks cool I yeah that film was it we were watching I said every film a fight in a kitchen always turns out to be good mm. <laughs> small spaces don't it? it's enclosed the one in the raid 2 being the best I still haven't watched the raid 2 yeah, that one, that one's my favourite scene as well. I think when she's like kidnapped with, with them, obviously leaves the phone call. That is a really good scene as well. Like when the music just drops and changes. Yeah. And then, yeah obviously, it, it really kicks in. Like that is good as well. But I do prefer the, the what? Yeah, the kitchen type scene. So yeah. I've actually. Oh, sorry. sorry. No, I'm gonna say kitchen fight scene. Um, or right at the end, the simplicity of just shooting him. Um, like it just culminates in such a simple kill, because like he's probably the easiest person to kill out of the whole film. Um, so yeah, that's probably my favourite one. I've also written down the dinner scene where he shoots where he shoots that bloke's missus, because <laughs> it just it it makes me laugh. That's what happens when you sit behind the desk. Exactly, and then as I said earlier, when he when he says, "Oh, she apologised to your missus for me," before he knocks him <laughs> out, it just cracks me up. 
if if we if we go into the uh, comparisons, then and we'll, we'll we'll have our winner here, as I'm conscious about uh, how much longer we've got Jack for. So, Jack, we'll start with you. Which film did you prefer? I'll have to say Taken. I mean, just because it's a close one. There's they're both winners, and I think Taken. Sean, it's Taken for me as well. Keenan, three hundred. Oh, it's taken for me. Does the Liam Neeson acting sway that for you? <laughs> no, I no no. Genuinely, I just prefer three hundred. I like I said, I just go. I wasn't sure whether I would still like it. Mate, I was I was just all in on it after twenty minutes. And what it's, about? It's, sorry. No, no, go go. I was gonna say, what about rewatchability for you, Keenan? Same answer, mate. Three hundred. Jack. I think Taken's. Sean. Taken, yeah. I think, as we touched on, it's probably one of the films I've watched the most at all times. I agree. Jack, best quote across the two films? That goes to 300, and it will be either Fight in the Shade or just This is Sparta because it just created so much, like just kids saying it to each other whilst they kicked them in the playground. Just, <laughs> just all over the world, and I suppose, yeah, that. Keenan? Yeah, so it's either the skills monologue um, but from Taken, obviously, or I've sort of changed my mind. I'm gonna, I am going to give it to 300 and give it to the wash your, Spartans wash your profession with the, like the whole speech. <laughs> sure. Uh, mine's Taken um, and mine is obviously the, the monologue, the skills monologue. A shout out yeah. though to when Amanda says, "I hear French guys are amazing in bed." <laughs> Every single French bloke is <laughs> amazing in bed. Um, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be the taken one. Yeah, I'm agreed on the uh, on the speech as well. Well, on best moment slash scene, that that's the best scene for me also. So, um, Keenan, what's your favourite scene across the two films? It's probably that fight in the kitchen. Um, Sean. Yeah, mine's the same when he meets Marco. And Marco oh, says, and Sorry. he says, good luck. I'm actually going to go for 300 on this and the fight scene with the Immortals. Fair. Nice. If we go back to you, Keenan, who's your MVP across both films? Brian Mills, because he, had, he, because he gets the job done. Sean? Yeah, same reason mine's Brian Mills, because you can't give MVP MVP to the losing side. <laughs> Jack. Uh, yeah, same. Leonidas had two hundred ninety nine other Spartans, and <laughs> he does have more people. Yeah. Yeah, there's only one Leonidas. <laughs> I agree, humbly. No disrespect to Leonidas, though. Um, Keenan, most menacing villain. Xerxes. Sean. Yeah, Xerxes as well. Jack. Easy one, same Xerxes. I agree. Hell of an army. Although, odd that sex traffickers aren't the most menacing, do they? Although, <laughs> they may have done that as well. I I, yeah, I imagine the Persians probably sex trafficked a lot anyway, so you can kind of combine yeah, it. Yeah, just promised women to um, the deformed blokes. So. Yeah. Exactly. Also, a little bit anonymous, the villains in Taken. 
Obviously, you see him, but like you get one name, Marco, and he's not. Yeah, even, and like, he's not there even, isn't there isn't one definitive one. Either. I legitimately yeah. think his ex-wife is the biggest villain of the film. <laughs> <laughs> um, best side character, Keenan. Uh, I've given it either to. Will you give me the guy who does the voiceover, Dilios, as a side character? Because he talks yeah. a lot, but he's actually only. I'd in say it, everyone right? bar Leonidas really is a side oh, character. Then yeah, it was either his missus or it's going to Dilios for me. Uh, Sean? Yeah, I've got Dilios as well. Jack? Yeah, I'm going Dilios. I've gone for Captain. Nice. It would be uh, Sam if I was going to take him, but I've gone for him. Mm. Action per minute, Keenan. 300, because I know there, there are... Uh, Wait, am I about to contradict myself? I might be, so I'm sorry. I'm going to say action per minute, but it is just because of the the grand scale of it, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Sean, what about you? Uh, uh, I don't know on this one. Uh, I could toss a coin. I'll probably reason the same as Keenan and say 300. I actually think 300 as well, even though there is the longer run time. I do think once it gets started, then it doesn't stop, so... But it's then you think, me. obviously, there's like battle, there's brief times in the battles when they finish, and then they're like talking and stuff. And then we've we've taken. I know I've obviously voted three hundred, but playing devil's advocate, we've, we've taken as soon as she's kidnapped, then that's it throughout the whole. He's like looking for her throughout the whole thing. Throughout the whole film. It's tough. Yeah. What about you, Joe? Um, I'm going to go three hundred again for the variety of the action as well. You've got the magic, the immortals. Swords, spears, arrows, fucking mental mutant ropes. It's all just a bit, the, the variety wins. Kill count is fairly <laughs> unanimous. Yeah. What was the kill count for, Taker, mate? Do you know? 36. Oh, wow. He was never going to hit 585. That would really have been, I don't think they would have let Liam Neeson out of the city if he'd done that but through a rampage. No, it's but probably true. There's another thing as well, that Liam Neeson, Neeson's shot one of the director's wife in the arm in their hopes and he's walked out of that city because he also would be able to expose I did think that but I thought that he'd be able to say nah I didn't do that he'd have enough sway with the powers that be because they're all in it it's not worth it who are they they going to believe directors what Americans um Keenan, most creative use of weaponry. I wasn't really sure on one for Taken. And is there anything I've forgotten? The light, using a light switch. Oh, what, for the, what, with the torture? Yeah. Yeah. And then you got the fire extinguisher. Yeah. The fire extinguisher's not that creative, though. No. (laughs) But no, I will. The the, same as the the reason I didn't include it. Electrocuting someone, if it would you have hooked up to a car battery, it's the same result, but you would have been like, oh, we've seen a car battery in 25 million other films. Um, so I couldn't really think of one for Taken. Didn't really have one for 300, I've got to be honest. 300, I, I would say, was the almost javelin that misses the target. They say it showed that Xerxes was mortal, but I don't yeah. think that's really what he was aiming for. <laughs> No, I think he's aiming to take him out of the game, but um I don't know. I quite like uh, it's a weird one because it's not invent, it's not creative at all. 
But I don't know why every time I watch 300, I'm always really struck by the grenades that they use. Like the old school wizards. <laughs> Is that your pick? Yeah, go on. Sean, what about you? Yeah, I'm going taken for the the torture light switch scene. And Jack, what about you? I think an honourable mention needs to be given to the executor guy in uh, 300. That big, like, one guy has his arms sawn up, and he's got these weird, like, tusk, sharpened tusk stuck mm. into the end of his amputated arms, and he uses them as, like, his serrated fin to behead people. I think that's pretty interesting. Oh, yeah, nice. I'm giving it that. Yeah, I'm going for um Best soundtrack, Keenan. 300. Sean? 300. Jack? Yeah, 300. No respect for you two here, but I also went 300. <laughs> um, originality, Keenan. I gave it to 300. Sean? I gave it to Taken. Jack? I'm going to Taken. I was torn here because so neither's particularly original. Yeah, the original part of Taken is that is Liam Neeson doing it more than the actual <laughs> yeah. film. And the original mm. thing with um, 300 is that it's a historical piece that isn't historical, essentially. Yeah, it's a comic book take on uh, on something historical. It did happen, though, like the battle at the hot gates, Leonidas, Xerxes, all of that. It did happen. No, no, like, no, that's the point. But like, oh, it's yeah. not, like when you actually look at it, it's not there, as they say, the criticism about it being not historically accurate. Yeah. The yeah. take on it, what they do with by not making it, by, by making it not historically accurate, sorry. Yeah. Is, yeah. is uh, the most original part of it. I went for um, 300 here. I thought that um, it was history without being historical, all the right cliches, but with all the right differentiating factors also. So I thought. It was quite an original take on that kind of film that usually you would get maybe in the TV side for someone like Spartacus, but I don't know how the dates match up there. But in terms of the comic book way of doing this, I've not seen that really before in that kind of film. So I went for uh, 300 there. Got three left. Uh, Bigger impact. Do you want the figures or not, Keenan? Oh, it's taken, right? Pardon? Taken. Bigger impact. Taken for me. Jack? Yeah, taken, I think. I agree. Now, there is an over 200 million difference in the box office in 300's favour. Oh. Okay. It's not all about that. No, no, no. That's why. That's why I said did you want to hear it first. But in terms of, I, I think I know more people that have seen Taken than have seen Three Hundred. I just think I know Three Hundred spawned a sequel, but quite a low budget one, right? Whereas Taken, we don't talk about the Taken sequels. The second one is not Taken horrific. Taken is good. Mm. I mean, it's essentially the same film, but that's why it's good. <laughs> this is yeah. It's the third one where they. Well, they fucked it, in my opinion. Whether they try and make it a bit more family. Only guy dies where he gets his head pushed onto a hook. Yeah, yeah. Um, better ending, Keenan. Taken, but not like 
I mean, because uh, I'm including the ending, like, because obviously it just goes boat, shoot the shake, then they're home. And then she take, he takes up singing yeah. lessons with Holly Valance. But, so if you include in him rec- actually recovering her, I'd, I'd probably give it a take. Yeah. Uh, Sean? Yeah, same. If you include all of it, the actual last scene, it probably would give it to 300, but the whole ending, taken. Jack? I'm going to have to go 300 because of the speech that Faramir does. Um, and then the fact that 300 Spartans fucked up the Persians so much and then they've got 10,000. It's like, I really wish I'd have seen a bit more of that, but they're all running towards them. I'm going to go 300. Yeah, I'm I'm quite strongly in the 300 camp for this one. Fair. Um, I think it's 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 as uh, beautiful as shots as you can have for that kind of thing with the uh, the arrows still in them and uh, the way they do it with the voiceover. So yeah, I think 300 definitely was uh, the one I preferred there. And finally, Keenan, which has the better chemistry? It's, it's, it's not Liam Neeson and anyone hits 300. Not his daughter. Jesus Christ, no. What about with Jabba the Hutt? <laughs> it's probably the closest he, closest, he has, closest he has to chemistry in the film. What about Peter and that Blumbird? Yeah, that works out well. Well, <laughs> actually, it does, to be fair. At least to his death. Um, mate, it's probably the bloke he fights on the boat is the closest thing he has to chemistry. At least something was choreographed. Um, Sean? Yeah, 300 for me. Jack? Yeah, 300. I agree. So I'll just quickly tally that. Taken by two or three, maybe? I'm not sure. It's, it's a close one. It's 6-5 in favour of 300. Oh, wow. oh, cool. <clears throat> That's made me happy. So me preferring Taken, me giving the uh, ending to 300, ultimately uh, cost Taken. So that's why we do that as we do it. Got to respect your impartiality. Yeah. So there we go. 300 goes through to the next round. If you need to bounce any time, Jack, then uh, don't worry. Yeah, Sam. We'll, uh, we'll finish the job. I thought he was uh, doing that. But we've got um, just a last couple of things to go into and then I'll uh, let the two of you go. Um, real star of the film, I think, is pretty clear, isn't it, for, for these? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the fan theories, I think I did send to the, t- send to the two of you. Um Someone in the pics of Reddit has linked Taken to the Grey to Batman and all sorts. So they say, uh, in the first Taken movie, there was an innocent comment made by one of Liam's friends. Uh, Liam was talking about how he would go AWOL to visit his daughter on her birthday. One of his friends comments that he was reassigned after that incident. And they say that he was reassigned to Alaska, which is obviously where he goes in the Grey. They say um, Liam's character in the grey had a wife who died, so maybe he was married before he married Lenore. 
Um, at the ending of the grace, ambiguous on whether he lived. Um, obviously, he did live. He met Lenore, helped him recover from the loss of his wife and the trauma of the grave. Um, after the events of Taken 3, he regresses into Ra's al Ghul and leads into Batman. So, someone there with too much time on their hands. And there is an even more detailed one, which you don't need me to read out. So, there we go. Um, also, just with the way um, it goes with 300 going through that, does mean it's uh, 300 against Deadpool in the next round. Oh, very nice. Yeah, tasty one there. Um, recasting one role. Have you got one, Sean? I haven't got one for this, no. Can we think of anyone? Any from you, Keenan? No, I don't think there's anyone. Now that I know, now that he is Liam Neeson, I don't think there's anyone I want to play Brian Mills more than Liam Neeson. Um, I really like I, Gerard Butler as Leonidas, as well. I recasted um, Maggie Grace as Kim for yeah. the run, really. It was too much. Um, <laughs> I don't know if any of you have seen the Netflix original series, um, Unbelievable. No. Yeah. But I would replace her with um, Caitlin Deaver, who's in Booksmart as well. Almost looks a bit like a younger Zoe Deutsch. But I can see her playing the role a lot better and a lot more believably than uh, Grace did. So that was my uh, replacement there. Maybe Alexandra Daddario. Who's about 10 years older than Maggie Grace. <laughs> Dime piece, though. I'd say five, between five and seven years, so we'll round up. I, Do you reckon? Reckon, I reckon she's younger. Maggie Grace is 37. Yeah, there's no way Alexandra Daddario's 40. Daddario's 34, so she's actually three years younger. Oh, yeah. Stay corrected. Hmm. Maybe that's a crucial extra three years can make it more believable 17-year-old. I'm not sure I've seen Maggie Grace since seeing her in Lost and Taken. Should we have a quick quick Looking at her IMDb, IMDb, I'm not surprised we've not seen her in anything since. Mm, is there anything I've seen her in? Taken 2 since Twilight. And Taken 3, yeah, obviously. Fear the Walking Dead. No, I haven't seen any of this shit. What about the TV stuff? Not a bad run, though. Taken and Lost. Yeah, Lost. Great show. Her and Boone. Mm-hmm. Her and uh, Boone started with and then her and uh, Saeed. Mm-hmm. So, um, my other recastings I had was... Um, it's probably harsh. Um, Steve Buscemi as Ephialtis. <laughs> God, that's cruel. <laughs> you can picture it though, can't you? Yes. On Majolini? But it is cool. As who? As <laughs> the main bad guy at the end. Xerxes. Oh, no, wait, he wait. means the shape. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which again is incredibly cruel. Uh, my other one was. Xerxes. Uh, Why? I Xerxes look mean enough. It so, really could be um, the, the guy who has his hand taken off. 
Yeah, that's who I, that's who I assumed you meant originally <laughs> until you said at the end. I actually, my other thing was um, we slotted Jack Nicholson in there as Xerxes. Tan him up a bit so he looks a bit more Persian. But Xerxes doesn't look evil enough for me. Well, I think I do quite like the tall, slender, like, godlike thing. Some, something else that um, I had with the trivia that I didn't take down was none of those piercings are real, so they're all the ones that he's had to just clip onto his skin for the old time that he's filming, which is pretty grim. Yeah, it must be uncomfortable. Yeah. There's also one scene in Taken where um, they clearly dyed his hair so he doesn't have any greys um, throughout. And then in the scene where he's in and he shoots the wife, um, he's got all his uh, white hair showing. Mm. If you go back and have a look. If the cast swapped, which film works best? If you can fit 300 Spartans into the cast of Taken, then congratulations. <laughs> Gerard <laughs> Butler as Liam Neeson works pretty easily, I would say. Yeah, Liam, I, like, Liam Neeson as Liam Idris, I imagine, would work pretty well as well. <laughs> yeah, and then Lena, Lena Henley could easily be... Um... Or, yeah. Like, but yeah, you've got the rest of the Spartan characters. Like, how are they going to fit into it? They can be on the yacht. My guy Dilios is Sam. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you had to add Tom Cruise or The Rock to this movie, which would you choose? I thought this was a pretty easy split this time, as The Rock goes into 300 quite comfortably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then Add- Cruise. Cruise in Taken is kind of like Jack Reacher. Yeah. Yeah. And we do have a Wrecked Rowan Hall of Fame inductee in Holly Valance. Kiss, kiss. What a banger. Yeah, I'm down, boy. Mm-hmm. Forgotten about that one. I'm glad I didn't open my mouth and call her One It Wonder as I was about to. <laughs> <laughs> and she was in Prison Break, so I'll never forget that. Never Holly Valance. Sure, we do this every time we mention it. <laughs> She's the one that's um, is like Michael Schofield's ex slash the kind of uh, yeah yeah foreign foreign piece on the side. I thought Keen did Keen just say he's never seen it. Prison Break. No, Prison Break. I've never seen it. Is that bad? Not good. It's not good. No. Ah, uh, Toff keeps asking me to watch it as well. Season season one is the best TV series ever made. Wow, high praise indeed. Which no, um, it's up there, certainly. 24 is yours, weird, isn't it? Is that not your favourite TV show? No, um, Sopranos and Peep Show, tied number one. Um, Jersey Shore probably makes top five. <laughs> <laughs> Two and a half men, actually. What we got? What we got next week, then? So next week, we have another one. So no style clash next week, but it truly is old school versus the new school, as we have Terminator 2 up against Dread. Now, Keenan's never seen Dread. Sean, have you seen Terminator 2? Yeah, I'm, I'm not for okay. a long time, but I, I have to. Terminator 2 is also, strangely, the only Terminator film I've seen to completion. <laughs> or incompletion. And it's just in time, because Dread's just been put on Netflix, by the way. So, but yeah, see which that, is yeah. nice. So there we go. So that does us for this week. Great to be back. Um, we've had some odd tangents this week, but all in a good pod. This could be this is probably a top three uh, pod for me. So, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. It was nice to yeah. be back. Yeah, good two hours. So, thank you to anyone that has tuned in. Hopefully, no one's been offended by anything that's been said today. 
if anyone does want to see Sean take on a badger, we'll set up a GoFundMe. <laughs> um, but we'll be back on Monday, of course, for our sports podcast, and back next Thursday with Terminator 2 against Dread. So thanks for listening. Goodbye.